Welcome to the greatest music podcast. Greatest music podcast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where we listen to ours and other people's favorite songs, albums, 90s, post-grunge, post-rock, nerd rock, musical, theater, dance track, albums, define the greatest music in the world. My name is Andy. And my name's Ian. And this is the greatest music podcast. Hip, hip. When you're on a holiday, you can't find the words to say. All the things that come to you. That's enough. <laughs> that is enough. Why are we doing this episode? Because this was your idea. Because you sent me a Saturday Night Live skit, and you're like, this is every oh. Weezer fan in the world and every person in the world. And I was like, I think there's some truth to this, and I don't know That's which right. person at the table I am. So That's right. Okay, we're basing this completely off the SNL skit from many years ago. It, uh, do, you, do you remember when that was? No, no. I just watched the link that you sent me. Let me, let me look it back up here. Um, so there was a skit from SNL, so Saturday Night Live, uh, where the guest star was. Um, it was Matt Damon. Matt, Matt Damon, that's his name. So it was from three years ago. Wow, that was it? That's amazing that it was only that long ago. And there are a bunch of people sitting down at Christmas time and. Oh, Toto, the cover that they did came out. Mm -hmm. And Matt Damon was like, hey, I love this song. And the one African-American lady was like, oh, okay. And then (laughs) Keenan was like, oh, baby, don't get started on this. And it divulges into this argument where you are either a ride-or-die Weezer fan or you are a purist. Or you just like music, one of the two. (laughs) Or you were the innocent bystander at the table that has no clue what's going on and why people are arguing. And And that's probably most of you. (laughs) Probably. But I am thoroughly on the purest side of things. Yeah. So, purest. This is an interesting word to choose, but really it's just referring to you're a Weezer fan that likes the first two albums. Is that what it is? Or the first three albums? I will will let the third album come on occasionally, the Green Album, with Island in the Sun and Hashpipe, even though I think Hashpipe is the stupidest song. Uh, Well, no, I take that back. Pork and Beans is pretty bad. Uh, Beverly Hills. Oh, I can just keep going on (laughs) about all the songs I hate. But yes... um, because it was the hailed comeback of Weezer. So, like, we let it go. Yeah. It's in a new, I'm neutral about it. Let's put that. All right. And, and so, if we, if we keep our frame of reference, there's, there's two, there's three families at this dinner party, if you will. Um, so, there's a purist family, there is the ride or die family, and then there's 90% of, probably 95% of, 99% of the rest of us in the world <laughs> no, that are hosting the party and don't know why the argument's happening or what's going on 
or like what in bloody hell is happening right in front of me is this an argument we people have yeah yeah and 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 that's where i'm at and and i've been exposed to this world because of andy so if you haven't seen it the link is in the description go watch that like three minute snl skit and then come back and finish the rest of the episode it will give you a frame of reference so and it will it will make your day better so do you want me to explain that out, the skit a little bit, what the categories are? Yeah, yeah, sure. I think this is good. Okay. Purist. Weezer was a band that formed. They put out two perfect albums. <laughs> One in 1994, self-titled, affectionately called The Blue Album. And then they also released a second album called Pinkerton uh, in 1996. That was a commercial failure at the time, but then um, became a underground. Uh, what what's that when a thing like a cult um, following? Cult, cult classic. There it is. Yeah, that is. yeah. It's gotten a cult. Is that the one with the black? Since. The black, the black and the brown, and it looks yeah. like that. Um, like a city almost it, or a yeah, town. Yeah, hmm And it's got um, sort of references to the. What's that piece with the waves, the Japanese piece with the okay, waves? Okay, yeah, you know? I don't know what it's called, but I know what you're saying now. Okay. Well, and there's a lot of references to um, Madame Butterfly. Pinkerton is one of the, f- and it was <laughs> initially going to be um, a, a rock opera that we that Rivers Cuomo, the lead singer, was going to be participating, but this the whole thing sort of fell apart, and so he grabbed bits and pieces of it, and it morphed into what it is. Then they took a four-year hiatus. Well, hold on. Is um, is Rivers the main songwriter, or is he the only songwriter for this band? Um, and by only, I mean ninety-five percent or more. Uh, yeah, actually, I I do believe so. Okay, I don't. Um, I read a lot of articles because I was big into them at a time when they came back, and at, at this later stuff. There was a Rolling Stone article, and I don't remember what it was called, but it was probably around 2000, 2001. Uh, and it, he got into this weird, like, painting his whole house black and living in darkness. And then he wrote, like, 400-plus pop songs. Like, he was just, like, a, a songwriting machine. But the thing, and I don't want to jump into it, but he emotionally checked out, and he was just writing pop songs. And so that's so they came back in 2000 with the Green album. They did not have their original bass player Matt Sharp. They've now picked up Mickey. Mickey was his name, and then he either like detox or OD'd or got arrested or I don't remember what happened. He was only there for that one album, and then the next album they picked up Scott Schreiner, who has been with them ever since. Okay, for like 20 years. And so the purists love the first albums and then maybe green and then ride or dies love everything. And then, then there's just other people that like, Oh yeah, I heard those songs on the radio and I know Weezer is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And some people love them. Yeah. I I think me being in that 95% we just assumed everybody that likes Weezer loves all of Weezer. We didn't know there is, no there's definite factions of Weezer fandom. Um, because a lot of people still go to their concerts. Um, so they make a good pop rock song. They make a shitty concert. I've seen a few videos. No good. Well, that's cause well, Brian Bell, the guitarist is really good. Pat Wilson, the 
the drummer's pretty good. Doesn't matter. But, it's a show. But, I'm going to see a show. I want a show. Yeah. I don't want oh, five I mean, scrawny dudes standing there, stick straight, barely moving, singing songs. I, I want to I want to know what they're feeling. And if numb is what they're trying to portray, then they do a good job. You are absolutely epitomizing the the where I'm at, okay? The the soul of the music was taken out of the music because and it now shows he so what happened Pinkerton they had this first com, commercial sec, success with the Blue Album right well, let, it, but, can we just talk about do we take this in order I don't know how to frame this episode sorry I just interrupted you for no reason I'm sorry no that's fine okay I'll I'll put my case out there and and we'll see where it flies. Okay, yeah. Let's do How's let's that? do big picture to small details. Okay, big picture. Blue album came out. It blew up. The Buddy Holly music video got just completely blown. I think was it Spike Jones directed it and they played on this Happy Days theme. It was amazing. And, and it was huge. And that's where I first heard about Weezer. That's where a lot of people and that was 1994. That was right in the height of grunge music. And so it was this complete alternative, but it wasn't that far different. Mm-hmm. It was for the people that didn't take themselves so seriously and were the nerds and the outcasts and the weirdos. It was for them. Yeah. And the songs were weird. There were songs about Surf Wax America, like riding your surfboard to work and not getting rolled over and you, uh, your honeys and your homies are all coming along. <laughs> right. right. It was just... In the garage where I feel safe, it was just talk. It was the outcast music. It but was. It was still. It was the honest. Same. Like it felt yeah. very natural to who it was. The music made sense. Yeah. Like yeah. this is exactly the kind of words I would expect to hear from music with the most distorted guitar I've ever heard and a cheap ass synthesizer over top. Like, yeah. It was, yeah. Yep. And so then Pinkerton, it was like, well, you got to follow that up now. And so, uh, which has to be terrifying. Like, let's just be Mm -hmm. honest. That has to be terrifying. Mm -hmm. It's so much pressure. Yeah. And they were put on Geffen records, which was a big record label. They had lots of other people that were way more serious in their endeavors and the style of music that they were doing. These guys were like the chance, you know, and it was because they blew up. So Pinkerton comes out and it is all about. So Rivers had a couple things going on. He was going back to Harvard for, I believe, English Lit or English History. It was some variation of English. God, that Um, sounds terrible. Right? Um, He was also dealing with – he was born with one leg longer than the other. Not uncommon, just just a heads up. Yeah. So he was dealing with that, but now he had the money to fix it. (laughs) And so he had been in braces. And so there was lots of pain with stretching a leg, I can only imagine. Um, And then he was like, I'm famous, but I'm going to like this big school and I'm trying to be a college student. And now he was like six or seven years older. He was like a mid 20s instead of, you know, an 18, 19 year old kid coming Mm -hmm. into school. And so he was a non-traditional student. And at a very Pinkerton, traditional school. Yes. And so Pinkerton was basically him going, I was trying to find love. I felt lonely. I'm going through all this crap. Uh, I don't know what to do. And then it had this like whole play on the Madame Butterfly opera thing. And Pinkerton is a character in it. I don't know the 
I don't know the opera very well. Okay. I don't know, but I know it's a, like a love story and it's got up and down and that sort of thing. And it originally was going to be a rock opera sort of based looking at having Madame Butterfly sort of in the peripheral vision as a reference point. Yeah. Highly and intellectual concept. Highly intellectual yeah. concept. Well, I mean, the guys at Harvard going for English. You know, it's about story, English lit. You know, it's about this. But I think that's pictures. really important for the story because their other songs are very intellectual as well. Like, they yeah. pull a ton of references that if you don't know them, the songs aren't as impactful. I still don't know what some of them are. <laughs> and so this album was just this here's all my inner beings and guts and all my feelings and it tanked and he it was a gut punch and he was like i'm out i'm done and so he backed off and finished his degree and got into this um i used to know what it was called this type of meditation which his family had been into the weird meditation transcendental transcendental meditation yeah it had um Something Ronnie, um, Excarani, or it was something, it was a, I would have to look it up again. And I remember okay. reading this article and it was like, you sit in dark for hours and just contemplate your life kind of stuff. Like he painted all the walls in his apartment black and just sits in the darkness thinking, <laughs> which I, sounds I, terrible. I it does sound terrible, but sometimes people are weird and intellectual and think those things are great. I don't know. I think there is opportunities for silence and solitude and all of that, but I, not at extended amounts of time. Yeah, we're not supposed to be alone. Yeah. I think it's important that we do have those moments, but it's one of those we have that to refresh us to the other side. Yeah, it's important to, to have it's important to balance. have a beer, you know, every so often. But if beer is the mainstay of your diet and your life, then you got a problem. Yeah. yeah. That's a good way to put it. I like that. Yeah. So um, so he goes off to school. He lays his heart out as in you would in most relationships and most artists would. He gives his best of his intellect. He gives the best of his heart. And it basically gets stomped on like a zombie trying mm -hmm. to eat somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so then he steps back. Four years go by and it slowly starts to get more popular. Um and the fans that loved them were the ones that really loved them. And so for some, I don't know why they decided, but in 2000, 2001-ish, they decided to come back. Decided and to do he, something. Okay. Yeah. And so he came back in this Rolling Stones article. I remember this very distinctly because it just changed my perception on him. Is He was doing these things, and he basically was saying, yeah, I'm just – writing four chords and pop songs now, and I don't have emotional connection with it, and I'm just writing songs that I think will relate to other people. I'm, like, making up stories and then just writing songs about them. It's n it's not about me anymore. It, we don't go into my feelings anymore. I'm making up things out here oh. and, and just writing pop songs for what I think people will like. And I hate to break this one out so soon, but I think they turned into... Uh, Nickelback for nerd rock, you know, where it's like nerd rock. They tried to be the everyman, tried to be the rock music for all the people, and Hashpipe was on the freaking first album. It's like, what the heck does that even mean? If you listen to that album or that song, you're just like, that doesn't mean 
anything to me. And so then they continued. Maladrote was sort of the very depths of who they were. And then they came back and then they had the Black Album that had um, Beverly Hills on it, which is one that's very popular. Uh-huh. They had that Pork and Beans song. I don't, I don't even re- I remember the music video because they were doing Mentos and Coke in the music video because that was a trend at a time. You remember when that was a thing? Uh-huh. And then they got into just more this rock stuff, and then they did the album of covers, and they've released multiple albums. And I know some people, I've got a friend here in town, his name is Travis, well, acquaintance in town, and we would always talk about Weezer because he loved them as well, and he was a ride or die. Like He was like, oh, you need to give this one a try. And I'm like, no, no. The new album came out. I'm like, yeah, that's nice. I'm not going to listen to it. (laughs) Because I think they emotionally checked out, and they've... In my opinion, they've decided that they're just going to be a, a rock band to make rock music, to be in the background of a party. And they're going to, some of them are going to hit and they're going to be the super catch. Beverly Hills. I'm, I'm being really critical here, but you are. I feel like they, they just checked out emotionally. And all the things that I loved about those first two albums, they've abandoned and they changed it into something different. Okay. So, let, okay, so let's, that's let's my back context. up here for a second. <laughs> So let's let's try to humanize Rivers Cuomo for a second, rather than be, make him the the Pinkerton person. So he writes this album, he puts himself out there, it gets rejected, and then like really as a person, you have two responses to that, right? Like you mm-hmm. you either like say thank you, or you say never again, you know. Um, and it sounds like he went the never again route. Mm-hmm. But the problem is money only lasts so long, you know, so you've got to do something about it. And so he writes an album. And I think a lot of the stuff that he was saying at the time, I mean, it's just all defense mechanisms. Like it's it's these walls that you put up. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to frame it for you. That way I don't let you don't get close enough to me to say that I made the issue, you know. Because I'm not even trying to begin with, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, it's artists want to be artists for other people. There, there's You won't make it as an artist without it. You're, you are creating a new way to understand the world and a new way to see the world or a new voice for people. Um, and he has a niche for that, you know, and he has a, a voice for that. And he has a, an ability to tell stories. Um but his fear overrode a lot of that. Um, and he put the desire of not being hurt over the desire to to create. Um, and I believe I, I believe it's all bullshit. Like this is what the dude wanted to write because he had like there's not a big difference in the storytelling. Like if you look at it, like these songs were bullshit weirdo stories to begin with um, that are completely Mm -hmm. relatable that fit a very specific demographic and person we would call them hipsters today you know um, he he sort of ushered in that era Um, and a big part of hipsterdom is call me a hipster I in this avenue you are yes you are a one to be hipster I, I would never no in the same I way I think in the same way explosions in the sky brought on this new genre of music 
Weezer brought in a new genre of music, and and it's hipster rock. Sure, like it's without nerd a doubt. rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Geek rock. Yeah, but it, which in my opinion is now what we call hipster rock. Like that's that was the forefather. You know, it 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 is. Um, hmm. And so, who would you put in those categories of like? Newer hold on, I'm not stuff. done telling my story yet. Oh, okay. So, um, so we have this hipster rock genre, and a big part of of the modern day hipster is I don't give a shit, you know, which is not true. Every hipster cares so much about not being hurt that they will claim that they are not going to put themselves out there. But with every move, they are putting themselves out there. Look at your clothes. Yeah. Look at you're wearing a fedora. We have sunscreen now. Like, <laughs> you know, we, we <laughs> <laughs> But it's true. <laughs> like <laughs> That wasn't supposed to be that funny. <laughs> but that's a thing, you know? And it's it's these callbacks. It's the, I don't care, so I'm going to wear my grandfather's shirt. Well, no, you do care because you're wearing your grandfather's shirt. You can't not care in life. <laughs> Let me get serious again. I'm making a point. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> But the, but you see where I'm saying, he he is living that, he's living that mindset, and this meditation I'm sure that he was doing is only further reinforcing that. The more so it's to put up a shield and a guard to yourselves to by not this get image, hurt. yeah. And he is still, I'm going to put myself out there, and I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to. I'm going to tell you I'm not. You know, like. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like when you're longingly waiting, like, so so become a teenager again, and and you're having those phone calls. Well, I like a boy in my class. Uh, you know, he's got brown hair, but I'm not gonna say it's you. You know, because I'm just gonna wait to see if you say it's me, and and do we actually love each other? But I don't. I'm not ready to be out there yet, so I'm just not gonna say it. You know, so he's got brown sure. hair, and he wears a green shirt. And he sits two seats up from me in class. And that's all that's happening. Like, this is just a quasi... That's very uh, strong bad. Yeah, there's... That's what I see happening in, like, this progression of the story. Where you want so much to be loved and taken in that, that you don't let people take you in because you know somebody's not going to take you in. And you can't deal with that. Um, and it's a very low maturity level like it's a very low social maturity level to to deal with that um it's not high art and things like that i hate when people do that like i'm just above criticism no no you're not you're scared to death um and i don't care who you are the the people who are above criticism are the ones that want to hear your opinion because they don't really care anyway but if it's a good thing like you know you can link up with this person or not so so that's what i see happening because nothing actually changes with these songs the production gets better the 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 blue album it's the same formula as the rest of the albums that came after it pinkerton is the one that's different and and mm-hmm. and i think that's what people latched onto these hipsters were looking for that different thing just like queen when queen um did the Bohemian Rhapsody. Like, that's what they were going for. Bohemian Rhapsody didn't hit right away, you know? And I feel like as as an emotionally mature person, you're able to say that. Like, 
I'm putting... Yeah, they were like, what's this six-minute thing that's upper... yeah. operatic and it changes and it doesn't have a chorus? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because part of it, too, Pinkerton is a recording nightmare. It, that is a load of garbage. Um, from from a quality point of view, it is it is garbage. <laughs> from everything that we want out of music, from the emotional experience, which, music is an emotional thing. If, if people tell you it's not, they're freaking stupid. That's what music and dance are about. Art is about emotion. Um, that's what us trying to identify that the emotions and to put, give them into a tangible package that other people can understand. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's what all art does. And and so when that gets rejected, it does suck. But Pinkerton is the epitome of that from the Weezer point of view. That's their apex right there. Um, and it's a beautiful thing. Um, sonically, I thought it sucked. I could not deal with how terrible the recording quality was. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's not great. It's not, but it's also a style thing of theirs. The, mm-hmm. We we compressed the shit out of the drums. We put each guitar only on high end in either ear, and we put the vocals just loud enough there that you want to hear what he's actually saying. It's so <laughs> damn insecure. Um, I'm not going to put out in front the main message of this song. I'm going to make you fight for it because I'm a spoiled little brat. Like it, it's it's frustrating to listen to. Other hipster bands like like new age hipster bands. Um, definitely Regina Spector's in there. I think Beck is is hipster quality music. Um, I was trying to think of some people that are more mainstream, but they don't really come to mind. Uh, from a Christian point of view, David Crowder. Um, and the Crowder band, or not mm-hmm. so much David Crowder, but the more the Crowd, just the last name version of what he's doing now. That's very hipster. Like from a Christian point of view, like that is every white independent Christian man wants to be is a plaid shirt, big long beard, and singing about Jesus. You know, it, it's so for you that are down that line. That's this is your same idea. Um, you know, there's because there was a hipster element of grunge. You know what I mean? Grunge was very mm-hmm. representative of where the people were from and what they were dealing with and who they were. It was that expression. Um, and the Weezer carried a lot of those elements with a with their own flair, which made it beautiful um, and which is what the people were holding on to, you know. Um, and so you can get past recording quality because the honesty is there you know and right and it's the set of ideals that the the music represents exactly right that's all that that's all that nirvana and pearl jam and alice and change they were all this like grunge and we're against the man and we're against all this and this was a, a variation on a theme yeah that's why k-pop is what it is it's it's or whatever the other weird thing you want it's it's the ideals and what it stands for not the thing is itself. what not the thing itself. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's what he's saying it's not anymore. The problem is, is it... It still it, is. It can't be. Yeah. You you can't not do that, <laughs> you know? So I fully believe that he likes these songs and that this is something he wanted to put out there, but he didn't want to be hurt anymore, you know? Sure. And nobody wants to be hurt, but he put up a defective. I think if he would own it, you know, um, it would... It would feel different, you know, 
rather than making things out of out of joy and as a gift carries a completely different feeling than out of defense you know like it's like putting up walls around a country as opposed to dealing with immigration and drugs there's a very different feel they both want the same goal but a big wall feels very different than let me help take care of you Mm -hmm. you know um so yeah i mean that yeah that's a lot of the political thing yeah no i i see it and uh i i think he also recognizes his everyday guy quality like i'm the weirdo Uh uh-huh and and just own that i i think he's yeah he does but it's yeah, it's it's a weird only like, if it's accepted. That's the only time he'll own it. Yeah, it is. I'm gonna do this thing for other people, and it's not. It's a detachment thing. Yeah, yeah. That I think you are perfectly describing my frustration in what we. I think you are a purist, sir. I, I'm not welcome. I'm not welcome to the club. I I understand. I understand that point of view. I still like the other songs. I because I think that's really who he is and. And I honestly feel bad for this dude. Like this guy, he he lives in a world where everybody's opinion is more important than his own, and that's a hard place to live. Like, that's some big claims for never having met this dude. I, I haven't, but I've seen enough. I've seen enough. I've read enough of the articles. I've watched what's going on. I I don't feel that I'm unjustified in that point of view. I feel like that's an easily defendable point of view. Whether it's correct or not, I can't say for 100%. But if I've got 98% of the puzzle pieces that are making a donkey, it's a donkey, all right? Like, I don't need the last two pieces to know for sure that it's a donkey. Um, But yeah, like, it's... Because that's what he's saying. I'm just pointing out the thing behind the thing. Like, he's... I'm just writing pop songs and blah, blah, blah. Well, you're just writing pop songs because you're scared, you know? And that's really what it is. Well, he he's doing a job just to do the job. That's like so many other things. You know, I like think Nickelback. about my profession. What? Like Nickelback. Yeah, like Nickelback. Well, I think of my profession. And and you think of the church world. There's some pastors that just do the job. Like they don't do it because they think that what is what God has called them to or they have a passion for it. They just do the job because it's the job that's at hand. Yeah. So many people live the, that life. And it's not just my work line of work. It's all lines of work, and it's a people as a whole. Is people just go, oh, yeah, it's the thing I got to do to make some, a buck at the end of the day, so I guess I'll do it. Yeah, it's a, like I think Rob Bell uh, talked about it in a book or something I was reading recently. He was like, I, I had the opportunity to go speak somewhere, and I was so excited, and I was speaking with this other guy from my school, and the guy's like, I think I'll just say this sermon that I wrote a few months ago about this and that because it landed well. And it was like, do you, like, no, like, I get to do it again. Like, I get to write something new. Like, I get to give a sermon. Like, I'm going to make something new, not just the same thing I've done before, you know? like, mm-hmm. And it's that energy that you bring to it. Um, and, and one to me is birthed out of fear, you know, um, and the other is birthed out of, out of joy and excitement. Like I can do this, you know, like, um, and I feel like that's where Rivers Cuomo is. He's, he's actually excited about this and wants to do it. Um, 
but he doesn't want to be hurt more than he wants to make it. You know, the fear of rejection rides higher in his brain than the joy of creation. Um, hmm. But so Hashpipe, it's a damn good song. You really can't fight that. It doesn't matter if it makes sense or not, because that's their thing. Buddy Holly really doesn't make sense. Ooh, wee, ooh, I look just like Buddy Holly and you're Mary Tyler Moore. Okay. Like, that's stupid, you know, but it's not, you know, like you got your big jeans. I got my hash pipe, you know, like big deal, man. Like it's, it's, it's a story and it, it's, it's weird and it's quirky and it's fantastic. Soulless, but fantastic. You know, so can you have art that's soulless? Yes, and it still be great. I think so. I think so. Oh, um, because that, that gets it. That gets us into a weird spot. And I think part of it is I don't have words. I fight for that. It. Yeah, I don't I have, fight that. Everything has a soul, right? Like it was like I was trying to tell my church two Sundays ago. Like worship is not something you do. Worship is the the thing that you're giving credit we, to. You know, like well, it, we all worship at all times. Yeah, it, it doesn't end. It's, so, it's what you're pointed at, though. Yeah. Yeah. And so so the music's the same way, you know, like music in its, you know, in its primal form is, is look at that. Do you see that? You know, and so music can't not do that. So when I say soulless, I, I really I think I mean like joyless, like in a way like it. So it it, it is Art is always going to point at something, and it's going to say something. It's you can't have art for art's sake. No, I don't. Art has to have meaning. Yeah, art inherently has meaning. Sure. Well, then is this art if it it's not aiming at things? It, but it is, and that's what I'm pointing out. Like, okay, like he is. He's just he's lying about it. <laughs> he's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. So he's, you, you don't do that. Nobody goes on that long. Like it's that, or so he's like, a, a psychopath. So it's like Nickelback just saying, "Oh, yep, life is about um, getting drunk and partying with women." And that, if you look at the end of the day, Chad Kroger, that's probably not his life. Maybe it is. Seems that it's way. probably not. Yeah, but it's just saying, "Oh, this is the life we lead," and then they're at home and going to bed by nine o'clock on nights that aren't tours. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I, I see what you're saying, and that's all the re- more reason I hate it. <laughs> well, I think I think it's because we inherently know as people, like there, there's that with the sixth sense or whatever it is, uh, like people talk. Then about. why do other people like this? Because do they feel the same way? No. Do people feel soulless and joyless as well and they join along with it? Or do they actually join in with it because they think they identify with it? And he's just putting a fake product out there and then people just happen to be latching on to it. Well, see, it's Or it's are more... we just so fiercely um, loyal to things or we we join with things and we don't want to separate from them as well? Well, and I think it's all of that human beings are so much more complex. Like go back to last episode with explosions in the sky, you know, like with explosions in the sky, we listened to the exact same thing. And Mm -hmm. you are like, it's the game changer. This is it. This is the thing of the things. Mm -hmm. And that's why I was saying like, 
Dude, like, what was going on when you watch it? Because it's not about that damn football TV show. Like, you keep going back to that, but there's way more happening here. In your whole life, at that point in time, you needed hope. Like, you sure. needed somebody else to join in the hope game with you. And that's why that album hits. And it will never be able to be separated from that. And that's okay. Like, that's it. For me, I don't need that right now. Like... Like any more than I usually do. Like I'm not. Sure, sure. I'm not in a point where, you know, like a you're really. You're not in a deficit of it at the moment. Yeah. So it doesn't need to fill that tank for you. Yeah. You get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but, but there are people with a, a freak card deficit, if you will. Like, I need this part of my. Like I need expression for this part of my life. Like, I I need to know that big jeans are stupid and my hash pipe is okay. And on an island in the sun, I could have fun. Like, I need to know that. And, like, I need somebody that talks like I do and sings like I do. And and it'll hit at that time, whether you want it to or not, because there's this force that has been propelling the universe ever since it began that is trying to pull it all back together. So it will use the things that 90% of the population think are stupid. And it'll be like, here's the thing you need. Like, take this song and use it. And that's a thing as a as humanity is we all at some way or another want to just be identified. Yeah. We want to be what is it to to love and to be loved or whatever yeah. uh to use the classic John Ligazamo from Moulin Rouge, right? Yeah. I, man, uh, or just I to not be is, alone, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we are we are not and I think that is a big well, we we can get all into that, and that's what he did. He went to be alone, and then he turned around and he writes this crap to, to try and unite people. Even though it's not about him anymore, it's just about this idealist, idealistic, weird thing that's unattached to him. Okay, I'm which really I'm seeing it more, which is really him. Like he's actually writing for himself. He just doesn't want to get hurt again. Oh, these are all okay. the th- like he writes about the things mm. he needs and the things that he wants and he just projects them out on other people. It's like when you get really mad in an argument and you're like, you're just a stupid dumb face that didn't take the garbage out. You're actually saying that about yourself. Like I could have ended this whole argument if I would have just taken the trash out. That's really what you're saying. But you're saying it's the other person's fault for not taking the trash out because it's what you wanted. Well, if it's what you wanted, take your own damn trash out. You know, like it's just. It's projection, you know, like this is the problem is not me. It's you, you know, really, I am perfect and whole and secure, um, which is this whole part of longing. Like, that's why we need other people, because other people validate that for us. And that's why it's not good to be alone. You are not going to be safe and secure and feel comfortable alone. I did not see this coming from Weezer. Yeah. (laughs) But so whether he got there by accident or on plan i i think it was by accident but i think yeah now that you're i see your perspective that makes a lot of sense um yeah okay i get you i see what you're saying yeah okay maybe i just i see through it though and i don't like it i see what it once was well, yeah, you're you're just longing for that life to come out of it. Like you want that for him. Like I I feel is the undergird of the thing. Like I want yeah, this I, dude to to be happy again and to be his his whole self again. 
you know, and not worry about that, you know, because mm-hmm. that's when it's going to be the best, you know. And I think that's when it's when we are at the best is when we are really willing to be transparent, for lack of better words, yeah. to really show who we are. And that does come with the opportunity of being hurt. Yeah. And it feels like, yeah, I want that from him. I want him to be able to make art that he feels comfortable enough putting out there that he's willing to possibly get hurt with. And that's the stuff that I identify. And so I am I guess I'm frustrated because it doesn't look like he's doing that to me. But you are claiming that he is because he's turned it into something completely different and not the thing that I wanted it to be or what it was. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, in a way. Interesting. Like, yeah. So, and part of it is, too, when when we see the people around us doing their thing, we're instantly better for it. You know, like... Like when somebody makes really great tacos, your your life is better because that person makes good tacos, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, like your kids when they make art. That's what Kickstarter is. You know, when you <laughs> yeah. see somebody make something that's just so oddly specific, like I think about did when we were at the beach last year, that one, um, beach sun visor thing that those one people had that was like completely different than everybody's. You remember that? Uh It was a Kickstarter thing. And it was from one people that were like, we need this kind of sun protection when we are at the beach and we need it to be easy and quick and able to just be taken down like that and be put up like that so we can spend time at the beach. And it was such a specific thing. Uh Uh-huh. And I lost my train of thought. But yeah, it's like that. It's like, Yes, I identify with that. That's why I like that so much. Yeah, you're not identifying with the beach thing itself. You're identifying with the feel that the beach thing brings. And that's why it hurts watching somebody do something like this because they're 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 instantly ripping that ability to latch onto it. You know, and you're saying, "No. No, you can't actually have this." You know, I'm not going to let this be. You know, and it's a selfish thing. Like, it it really is. Um, and that's what frustrates me. Like, they're up there. People paid a lot of money to see this concert, and they're not going to put on a show. I'm not going to let you critique that. I'm just going to play the music because I have to. That's what I'm contractually obligated to do. And it's so selfish, and it damages the world. Like, they're not doing anything bad, they're just not letting that happen, you know, and that's that's what sucks, um, you know, and Nickelback does that in, in the reverse way by by taking everything, you know, like you cannot give something or you can take everything, you know, and, and mm. claim it for your own. And so that's why they feel different. And I think people can recognize when something's being taken from them. Like we get that we have a much harder time recognizing when somebody doesn't allow us to have something, you know, and they're, and they both do the same thing in the end, but the way they're presented is very different. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's hard. It's hard. Um, but I also, that's why I wanted to include all my favorite songs are slow and sad because when he does work with somebody that wants to bring something into the world, damn, it's good. He he can do that thing and bring that piece of himself in 
like behind the scenes and make that other person's gift that much better. You know, I th- sure. I think I mean, that's why it excels. That song makes sense to me and feels right and feels like, thank God somebody knew what I was saying and what I've been feeling for so damn long in my life. All my favorite songs are slow and sad. All my favorite people do piss me off all the time. I don't know why, but they do. Thank you for saying that out loud in a way that I can I can bring in and into the world and be a part of, you know? If they would have put that song out by themselves, you know, I could easily see it, but I don't feel like it would resonate that way because it wouldn't be a gift. You know? And the, and that's something that's why it lands differently. That's why these other albums land differently. Because he's not he's not giving you something. He's taking something away from you and making you realize it, it oh. It's like when you're in one of those relationships where your your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your significant other purposefully doesn't do the thing they know you want them to do. Like I am not going to make dinner. I am not going to sweep the floor tonight, not because I can't or because I don't have time, but because I know it hurts you. And you hurt me. I'm going to hurt you back. You know, I, I'm going to one up this relationship. And he has that against the whole world. This dude's in a bad spot. It's to be in control. Yeah. You know, just to not be hurt. Like, that's the only thing we can almost do in life is not get hurt. You know, we have to be hurt. I mean, at least from our perspective, or at least my perspective, I think that's how it was designed. We we have to have hurt and suffering so that we can appreciate the other side of it. They're really just labels. Yeah. The Buddhists get that well, part right so well. Uh, yeah. Well, and I forget who I heard say this, and I've said it to you already in personal world, but all the things that we try to fight and keep ourselves away from the things that we try to protect ourselves from when if we do finally get to them those are the things that we can look back and go that's the thing that changed me that's the thing that made me a better person yeah when i had uh you know lost a job in a house foreclosed and a car repossessed and it was terrible we had no money and all this and had to move in with my parents i remember when the neighbors threw rocks through your windows too (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The drugging. Yeah. No offense, day. Dad. I didn't. I didn't mind moving in with you, Dad. That was like a general thing. Uh, but yeah, the the crazy hooked on <laughs> prescription drug neighbor broke all my windows. Yeah. Though I look back and go, that's the thing we were able to get through, and uh, I am better for it. Yeah, you didn't stop there and try to like, like freeze frame God it. about that, <laughs> dude. That was. That was the day I was like, wow, Andy has so much more going on than I actually realized. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's just, it was so absurd and not normal. And damn, like, the fucking window's like, you've got to be shitting me. Like, <laughs> I don't think he was wearing a fedora when he did it, though. <laughs> Because he got sunscreen. (laughs) But I just, yeah. I remember. Okay. All right. Wow. All right. But I think that's the story of Weezer. Like, the story Mm. of Weezer's not the music. Like, we've watched this poor dude shrink back into himself so hard that we only get the shell of what he wants, you know? 
And that shell is rock and roll. Yeah. But if he, like, imagine what your perception of these songs would be if he would have, like, owned them. And he was like, dude, I've got this great play on reality where I just want to talk about how stupid and absurd Beverly Hills is. Because that's what social media is about right now. Like, the past couple years. And this song came out way before that. And this dude was just like, hey, let me break this down real quick in my way. And be like, Beverly Hills, that's where I want to be. Like, total mockery. Mm-hmm. totally right in if you want to destroy my sweater just pull the string you know <laughs> like a total mockery of a really big problem you know it it it's all there like he is all there but he's not owning it and that's that's like his way of hurting the people that hurt him you know is not not letting them you don't get to have this part of me anymore yeah i put it out there once and you didn't accept it and so now you get this trivial bull crap yeah but but it's not like that's what but he, it's not yeah yeah and I so he puts people in this weird mindset like is it like am i stupid for thinking this is cool or or am i like oh well, i can't think it's cool anymore because above like he, he takes that turmoil that he has in himself and he imposes it on the other people yeah it's a detachment yeah and i think that's my real I think that's the flaw that we see as the purists is we feel that detachment and we and and you feel hurt by it. Like yeah. there is a hurt because it was like yeah, he he's no longer sharing himself that part of himself with us and that's the part that we fell in love with. Mm-hmm. And so it hurts. That's why you can put up with that stupid terrible recording of an album because it was him, you know? All right, speaking of that, are we ready? Yeah. I've listened to you ramble long. <laughs> this is this is going to no, be No, but it's been good. It's been good. I'm, sorry. I'm glad you had all the things to say cuz I wasn't sure. I'm so biased on this one. I didn't know how we were going to work this one out. So I didn't thank either. you for resolving it. Thanks. Is it technically great? This is really hard because some of these no. songs are technically great and some of them are no, not. No, they're not. They're terrible. They're squished to all hell. The the ca- guitars sound like trash. The cymbals sound like breaking oh, glass. Oh god, they do suck. It's his vocals are never in the right spot. They're just out enough. They're squished to all get out. They're overly produced to make it sound good, whether it's good or not. blazing at a party or if it's in the background of your Honda Civic while you're driving to work at Walmart. It's it's the same. No matter what, there's no... No, it's terrible. Even though they're recorded well, it's terrible. <gasps> I love how you're taking the opposite approach to this. <gasps> but that's oh, the and thing. I'll, I they, and I'll admit, Pinkerton sounds like total it, crap. It a shit but storm. it was an but it was intentional crap. Because Rick Ocasek did the first album, the guy from the Cars. Okay, he he helped them produce the Blue album because Giffen give gave him to them to use, and uh, they purposefully didn't pick a producer for the second album because they wanted it to be this. It was all, they wanted it to be the complete opposite. But they nailed it. Yeah. I was with was But it was terrible at the same time. No, it's not. This is technically great. They have created a sound. People try to make this sound, believe it or not. They're like, I want it to sound like Weezer. Like, I remember recording an album uh, when... Uh, I was in college, 
and I'm I'm sitting in the control room with the dude, and the guy that was paying for the album came in and was like, this song needs to sound like Weezer. And, I, and I'm like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Like, I don't like that sound, you know? But it was like, yeah, that snare drum, it needs to just be like, poof, poof. and I'm like, snare drums don't sound like that. <laughs> like, it's a thing. On a Weezer record, they do. But that's a thing. It's a thing. <clears throat> it's a thing. It really is. As much as right. you're pissed off about it, it really is a thing. Yeah. Okay. And so that. I mean, I will. Okay. Yeah, I I think the only time it falters is with the Pinkerton album. But the Pinkerton album is overshadowed by its desire, you know? Like, there's a passion in there that you can't... And it was a purposeful crappiness, I think. Whether it was or not, it doesn't matter to me. Like, You don't think things could be done horribly on purpose? I I think Bet... bet, I think they crossed a line. (laughs) <laughs> like, Be- Beck is good at that. Like, I'm intentionally making this sound like a piece of crap on purpose because art is about the imperfection. I I can agree on some level. I think Pinkerton went too far. Oh, that was just right. Yeah, see, and and that's art, and yeah. that that just proves okay. the point right there. Like, all right. So technically, they have designed their sound and you are calling it great and it is what we hold things up against now and yeah i i can't disagree with that yeah i don't like it it's not my sound oh, that yeah. i want to I... hear but i know that it's mm-hmm. a sound like you can hear it in other albums you like yeah i think that's probably why i like osma so much is they kept running with it yeah and they didn't Maybe. They didn't sell themselves out for it. Anyway. All right. I love you so much. Is it emotionally great? Oh, God. Uh, Five of the ten tracks are emotionally great. Sure. Of our playlist. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I... I, I haven't been basing this really on the playlist. I thought I was using the playlist just as a, like, a here's a starting point for it. So they were, and then they weren't. So they've been both. I see. I think they are the whole way through. It's it's just it. It's different. He emotions. cut people off. Yeah, and it's not the music itself. It's it's the way that the music got presented, that that made it seem to be something that is just a lie. Like the more I, I sat back and thought about this, because. If I had no context for it, I could listen to a lot of these songs back to back and be like, yeah, okay, I get it. I like what this guy's doing, you know, um, but I but I grew up with this. So I saw it unfold in real life at a, a point in time where I wasn't able to step back and think about what was actually happening and look at what this guy was going through and what he was doing and why it shifted. And now why do I feel this response to this like it's i i think it is i just think it 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 was like a kid who picked up his ball and went home but you could still hear him playing baseball you know like and it hurts as an adult it hurts as a young man it was like well fuck you too you know (laughs) like (laughs) you know but like that's kind of where i'm at least landing might not be the actual the exactual the the truthful story but it's how i've come to understand it uh, and and i feel like my life is better for understanding it this way than than the other way 
I I'm I don't know how to respond to any of this because I feel like I was broken up with and now I'm watching them date somebody else. Yeah. And so I guess that is emotional. And I feel like that's the story he sold you. Oh, but he okay. still wants this, you. He still wants this you. Re- <laughs> like, yeah, this still this reminds me of the Olivia Rodrigo song where it was like you do that same stuff with the new girl. <laughs> like you still go out with yeah. strawberry ice cream and you listen to Billy Joel and but I'm the one that showed you Billy Joel. Oh, yeah. And, and and now you're just telling her the same jokes that I told you. Yeah. And so I feel that, okay, all right, fine, emotional, give it to him. It is. It's a shitty Dang one. Dang it. It is. Dang it. Yeah. Rivers. You know, and I I imagine, you know, my hope is that at some point there's this great Andy Kaufman moment where he's like, I got you. I got everybody. You know, like. I don't know. I don't think there don't, will be. I think this dude's a no. pretty tortured dude. Like, I, I feel and I, I know a lot of people love him and like other p- musicians and stuff like the AGR guys. I know, I think they were like, oh man, Rivers is, and, and there's a lot of people. And when you get to know the person behind the music, you're just like, oh man, you are, you are an interesting dude. And never meet your heroes. Never meet your heroes. Well, yeah, but I think they all love like, I watched this really weird. Well, I think he's just so weird that he's playing a part for this music, and but then the people that he actually gets to know like really love and appreciate him, even though he's doing this thing that's not him, but he's doing it well. So okay, maybe we need to just get some of those people on the phone. I don't know who they are. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And my my. I, I would be curious. Um, I would love to t- talk to Matt Sharp, the original bass player. Mm. And I think that might be why he left the band. He's, he was like, yeah, I'm not into this. So anyway, I don't know. That's all conjecture. Yeah. Well, that's our whole episode today is conjecture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So Just we're two for two. Two white dudes. It, yeah. <laughs> What about packaging? Yeah, one hundred percent. It's got a thing. It's, it it is a thing. It's like Grateful Dead. It is. It's the flying W. It's the nerd rock. It's the horn rim glasses. As I sit here wearing horn rim glasses and just kind of look like you do, and it's do you get too cool. Yeah, you feel it's a whole thing. Like they. Sad, no, we're not it, perfect, but I never felt this it is, way. It's a whole no lifestyle. Weezer is a lifestyle. <laughs> that I didn't hear before. That's a new one. <laughs> Weezer is a lifestyle. Because it was for a while, and they've got. Um, I didn't tell you about Carl. Do you know about Carl? I know a lot of Carls. Carl, Can you be a little Carl, more specific? No, Carl Coke, I think was his <laughs> name. Um, he was their friend, and he never like was a... I think they made him a member of the band, but he never played music. He he recorded like their set lists, and he kept 
track of all their equipment. There's back in the day, it was like this whole other world that you could undiscover about just all the stuff behind Weezer. And he would like write summaries about after concerts and um yeah he was basically the informant he was the just like their pr guy he was just like their best friend that loved all of them so much that was just like i am the ultimate groupie and i'm gonna pull in all the groupies and help them out um kind of thing and that man. was also neat too yeah he was he was 100 percent hype man and then the beginning of the internet I think was a big part of uh, of Weezer too. I, if they would have come along any other time in in history, I don't think it would have been a thing. I they would have just been a weird band that played odd music in the middle of their basement and played at a couple shows around their local area. And then when they all finished college and started getting real jobs and getting girlfriends and getting married, then they would have been a thing of the history. So what you're saying is they would have been like Ozma. Screw you. <laughs> anyway, I didn't mean right, that in a mean you. way. I just yeah. Uh, so we're three for three. They would have been the show and tells. You remember the show and tells? I did like the show and tells. Those guys, were, those were good guys. Yeah, they, they had. Some and stuff. I always said, I always compared them. I said they were. The halfway point between Weezer and the Beatles. Mm. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Yeah, it was a group of kids that grew that were at the church I was in, and um, maybe some of them listened. I don't know, but they were really good for a high school band. They and were then they good. all sort of did. They all sort of separated once they went to college. Now Kevin's in Moonroof, and they're doing some great stuff in Philly. So mm-hmm. I just he's the only one that I think has continued to pursue music, mm. but. He's been doing some good stuff. Anyway, all right, where are we at? Honesty and authenticity. That was three for three, right? Yeah. So this is where it falls apart for me because I... No, like, it's not. I'm sorry. It was, and then it wasn't. Yeah, and that's the distinct difference. I think that's that's my biggest qualm. This is the, the thing. It's like we had this thing and now it's not that thing anymore i've said that the whole episode yep okay olivia we're three for four mm-hmm. is the whole band great honestly i don't know and i i say no because we've talked about rivers cuomo for this episode not weezer because rivers cuomo is weezer no no. Yeah. I have not. You have. I have not. Because I know there's Brian Bell, there's Scott Schreiner, and there's Pat Wilson. And they are all incredible. When I've seen them live, because uh, I've seen them twice. Now, that was back in the day. That was 2001 and 2003, I believe, that I saw them. Um, They were all good. And clips of you see them. Like, Brian Bell is a really fabulous guitarist. River is a really good guitarist. Pat's a, a awesome, solid drummer. Scott contributes like they're a whole. I don't I, I don't think so. I think anybody could any dumb monkey could play those parts. No. <laughs> I think Brian Bell and Pat Brian, Pat, and Rivers are the core. Now they've had three bass players. And you could never tell but, the difference. Just heads up. But Scott has become an image of 
the new Weezer. Let me look at these album covers real quick. He has. He has definitely, because he was an oddball. Because he was like, sort of like a biker dude, like kind of manly, always wearing like a tank top shirt and had lots of tattoos and he had his hair slicked back. But then he kind of was still a nerd at the same time, even though he seems like more rough guy. Um, <laughs> so anyway... You rough guy. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, I agree with you. Uh, well, I completely. I don't know. I don't think that. I don't think as musicians, there. I. They all serve their purpose for the band. Um, I will say Brian Bell is a very good guitarist. Rivers is also a very good guitarist. But I guess good isn't great. It, yeah, is what you're getting at. Yeah, I think they're all good. I think when you overcompress and the sounds that they use don't lend themselves to me to be great music sounds. Like, I don't think anybody's looking for those guitar sounds. I don't think anybody is looking for those bass sounds. I think everybody's looking for that feel. Not everybody, but there are some people that look for that feel, which I think is a thing, but it's a production thing. It's not the actual sound. It's a it's a production trick that's used for a lot of these things that people want. Sure. Um, okay, let me put it this way. I think them as individuals, as musicians, I think they're all great. But I think when you combine them together and they become Weezer, the output of the music is like, yeah, that's fine. That's Weezer. <laughs> that's Weezer. It's like... Voltron coming together and then they're just like the okayest superhero of all time. It's like they don't do any good. They're just like nice to people. Which I, I think <laughs> is part of their image, right? <laughs> I love that. That's a, I crack myself up <laughs> on that one. But that's that's part of their image though, I think. Like I'm trying to process this right now. I don't think they want great. I think they want okay. Like, I feel like that's an intent. Like, the more I think about it, like, I look, their album covers are okay. They're, they're. Well, they got a theme. Yeah. It's them in a color. Yeah. Um, they have a look and it's okay. Like, they don't, sh- like. They're superheroes that just open the doors per- for people and smile. Like, it's not bad stuff. They just don't do. There's nothing not stand out. To- yeah. Yeah. Huh. This is interesting. Okay, we'll we'll run with you, and we'll call this four for five. Um, am I changed? Not on purpose. I was forcefully pushed I think into. We, I think we are changed. Like Weezer changed the game for both of us. What that change is, I don't know. Um, but it has changed, and it has changed music, and it has changed us. Because we we experienced the whole thing, I think we both have to admit that. So I'm an innocent bystander li- in this one. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Fair enough. The fact that you knew all those songs and you're like, yeah, I like these songs, and all my friends are like, it it's done something. I don't like it. I don't like the second half of it. I loved the first half. And that's maybe where it's gone. It's like, I liked how they changed me the first time, but I don't like how they changed me the second time. <laughs> it wasn't a nice touch I, the second 
<laughs> I liked it the first time. There was pleasure there. <laughs> but then the second time was creepy and inappropriate. He wanted to do butt stuff. on the greatest music podcast where we talk about Jesus and sexually explicit things. <laughs> oh my god, you got me twice today. <laughs> oh, I, and I, we shouldn't be making light of butt stuff. <laughs> Sexual trauma, you jerk. I was thinking about aliens. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Are you referencing Troy from Community? Uh, yeah, that's part of it too. But I've been watching this show called Resident Alien, and it, <laughs> it's it has a lot of jokes like that. <laughs> All right. Oh, I hate that we were giving them five. Oh, this that hurts me. Oh, but it's true. It, it, it's true, and, and I yeah, it's a sobering reality that. This this breakup changed play... my life. <laughs> you can play the game and be okay at it and still be soulless. He's not soulless. He's scared and hurt. Okay, he's lost, scared and he's hurt. A lost Whatever you want to call woods. it. All right, so there you go, guys. <laughs> Sorry we didn't talk about Weezer enough. <laughs> um, but let us know your thoughts. Where... We're too busy wearing fedoras and playing with their butts. There's a picture you don't want in your head. Oh, we're going to lose everybody after this one. <laughs> or, or we might gain a whole new crowd. <laughs> well, we'll be just like Weezer. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate it at the same time. Okay. okay. Is this the ending now? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're on the we Twitter good? portion. Okay. <laughs> oh, what do you think about Weezer? <laughs> what do you think about Butts? <laughs> <sighs> no, please don't tell us. Sorry, Dad. Keep that to yourself. Sorry, Mom. Go over to Facebook or Instagram and let us know what you think about Weezer and just Weezer alone. I don't want to know about your personal relations. And, okay, regrouped here. Let us know what you think. What's your opinions on Weezer? Um, is this conjecture uh, appropriate? Are you a ride or die? Are you a purist? Are you an in, innocent bystander that has to see all of this happen before you? Um, let us know what you think. Go over to Anchor. Give us a review there or your podcasting app. That would be great. And uh, we're going to do another episode. Yeah, next week we're looking week. at NPR's Tiny Desk Concert with oh, that's right. Tyler Childers or Childers or I don't know how to say his last name. For as much as I like this guy, I should probably learn how to say his last name. 
But uh, he did a three song set there that I think represents him really well. Um, and man, I listened to this way back last year when we did the uh, uh, Chris Stapleton episode. And this dude mm-hmm. has, he's jumped in my regular rotation. And um, I've learned a couple of his songs on the guitar. And I think. Uh, I think he has a good story as a as a human being. Like he's been through a lot. He's turning his life around right now. Um, but all right, we'll talk about it next week. Fuck you. I think you've set it up well. Go watch Ty- Tyler Childers NPR Tiny Desk. We'll have a link. We'll link it in this. Yep. All right. Thanks, Ian. <laughs> See you in the future, Andy. See you in the future. <laughs>